0: Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and I'm back this week with a brand new podcast. This week, I'm back with my best friend, Alex Young. Welcome to the show, Ali, once again. Hello there. (laughs) Play the clip. Hello there. General Kenobi. (laughs) <laughs> you love it you love it that's how it's going to go from now on but great to have you back Ali uh this week we're going to be to removing that. the positive emotions and we're going to be talking about uh, stoicism so we've we've already failed our <laughs> our ability not to react <laughs> to, to, to events um and uh, Marcus Aurelius would be very disappointed in both of us uh, but starting off what I wanted to get from you was like Number one, what does stoicism mean to you? And like, where did it come from? Like, what, what got you into
1: it? Yeah, so I guess what I'd probably start with is stoicism probably something that's only being quite new to me. Um, so I'm not an expert, <laughs> just getting that out there. Um, so I guess it's my interpretation of what I understand so far. Um I think some part of me has always been somewhat stoic, um, or perhaps wanted to be stoic. And I guess uh in that I mean, like you said, it's the, the ability to have um uh, have things happen, have conflict and drama in your life and be able to uh deal with it eff- effectively and efficiently, not react to it to to be able to um yeah i guess i guess do what you need to do um, yeah almost an ability to remove emotion from reaction which is hey, like the more you learn about it like the harder it is it 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 is hard and i think it's like a constant it's like a constant thing it's like you you, you can never truly do it cuz you're always going to react with emotion but i think it's catching yourself reacting with that emotion and saying hang on no I may not be in control of the situation that's just happened, but I am in control of my reaction to that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I was gonna say that like you, you, what you're talking about is the difficulty in that is your immediate reaction is to get all fiery and negative situations and to in positive situations have like extremes. And I, I was going to save this for later, but I think it's really important now. How do you think like modern society with its extreme views left and right and all of the world that's happening now, do you think it's more important than ever to, to look into that?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's crucial really um, to actually be able to react in, to, to be able to re- react in the correct way to take the emotion out of it you know like so often what we think is just so clouded by the emotion from like the initial like oh well that makes me angry oh well that makes me sad and i guess so many people today um are like that in you know modern society uh, you you kind of can just see it wherever you go people react and they don't stop to think and it, it, it's like they react and they think that the reaction is, it's like, it's not their reaction. It's that reaction was inherited from the statement or whatever happened to them beforehand. So their reaction is just like coupled with that. Whereas in reality, you can actually control that. And um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I take from it. It's, it's, it's like a skill, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I think you're 100% correct because as we get older, we we increase our skill like set, but nobody ever teaches you how to have this ability to communicate. Um, we all get taught early on like how to speak and how to write, but we don't actually get taught the type of speaking and the type of emotions and interactions we have with other people. We're, we're meant to just learn that through interacting with other kids at school or at university or all of these different environments but the truth is is that this ability to face danger or face sort of any situation with little to no emotion it's kind of um the opposite of what human beings are programmed to do you know we, we have that live or die in us where it's like, Oh, terrible situation. I've got to run away from it or I've got to, you know, fight. Yeah. Or, that's right. Yeah. So, so I was going to say, like, if you, if you look at this today, like we have less of a connection to our sort of hominid slash um, early days, mankind caveman genetics. So I think I was going to get into this as well isn't it more important today than ever that we have the ability to sort of detach from the emotion and, you know, find, find a way to still, you know, have these fun adventures and do things, but without, you know, getting off track and offending people and basically letting your emotions spill out into the world.
1: Yeah. So I guess it's quite, it's like quite a fine juggling act, isn't it? It's like you, like you want to, express sort of the stoic values because of the the benefit you can get from that but at, at the same time you still need to be able to express yourself in in the right ways um but i think it you know deep down you kind of know how to do that it's if if something really bad happens to you say uh, the death of a family member for example mm-hmm. you know there's you can react to that you can all of a sudden, your life goes downhill. You start drinking. You start having all these, um, you know, bad influences, and you give in to them. And I guess that's kind of that reaction, you know. Whereas, really, to be truly stoic, it's knowing, I guess, when you see um, the the negative, the negative um, emotionary side of things, and being able to avoid that, whilst at the same time be able to see when it's positive and actually when you know you can express yourself because if it's if you never express yourself well then you're not human you know that's that's a robot yeah so i think that's that's probably the that's probably the it's a line and i think yeah like i say i think you kind of know that line it's just you have to have trust in yourself to actually gauge it
0: yeah uh, I'd like to. That point, you express that perfectly, <laughs> by the way, um, because you talk about the line that's being drawn, and being stoic also reminds me of detaching emotionally, which is something that I covered recently in my Warrior Archetype podcast. Um, and I talked about how if you detach too much, you become somebody who no longer has the ability to relate to others, and no longer has the ability. Yeah. To yeah. The emotionally connect which is still really important you know if you yourself you're a father if you had your son and he came to you and said dad I've got an injury and you just said oh just walk it off like it's kind of like (laughs) there's there's so much you can can get from that relationship you know
1: yeah yeah but then but then at the same time like I guess when you think when you think about your response to that like say your kid comes to you with an injury and you do have multiple responses. Like you could have the response of, "Oh no, are you okay?" Ah, oh. or you have the actual logical response, which is kind of a stoic response. It's actually, "Oh hey, like are you? Okay? Oh, I guess not fully because you do want to express emotion and um, you know concern. Um, yeah. But it's more, "Oh hey, are you okay? Oh yeah, no, that's okay. Just you know put some of this on it, and uh, that'll heal right up. And I guess that was almost a stoic uh, stoic value, isn't it?
0: I, I, yes. And I think you keep like leveling up in these, these sort of areas now because, you know, when I think <laughs> of that, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, if you have that kid come up and express that emotion, I hear so many parents uh, say, oh, yeah, you have to reflect the sort of attitude the kid's coming to you. So if they're upset, you're upset with them. And in order to create that bond, but what you've just described is actually teaching the kid like it's not that bad without being a psychopath. You
1: yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 teaching it's teaching the child as well because it's you know otherwise every other time that child gets hurt they're gonna be oh no, which is um, yeah I guess just c- completely against the whole stoic um, philosophy. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost like showing them your philosophy for life but i guess that's kind of where i was saying before it's like i didn't always know what stoicism was Hmm. but deep down i always sort of believed in the um the actual philosophy of of it without knowing what it was until i actually you know found out about it and then i was like oh hey there's actually a, a name to this uh belief
0: yeah yeah definitely and and there's so much behind it i mean Stoicism was like created in the the third century of all like third century I think was like A.D. So after death and yeah, uh, by a guy called Xenon. Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, I
1: was I was looking for and I I read something about Xenon Xenomorph dude. Yeah. Hey man, hey! I've been all over this shit and I can't find a bathroom. You know where it is? Yeah. Everybody keep running from it. I'm like,
0: yeah. He (laughs) he, like fantastic alien.
1: (laughs) he
0: came down from the heavens in a spaceship
1: and he was like my people (laughs) it's it's incredible like you you look at the the ancient stoics and you know this xenomorph dude um epictetus uh or marcus aurelius uh, seneca and like you you look how long ago they were alive and you listen to the things that they're saying and it's like oh my god like i can't believe i'm relating to someone who lived you know almost two thousand years ago like that's like i find that incredible and i think maybe that's one of the other things that probably drew me to stoicism was realizing hey these people that we read about in the history books who you just picture as black and white um you know he's a roman emperor so he's a evil man (laughs)
0: like yeah
1: (laughs) but yeah in reality you you hear about the things and read the things that they talk about. It's like, oh my God, this is, this is fascinating.
0: It is. And I emphasize on that, it's why I also like I look at Buddhism as kind of like a hand in hand religion with stoicism in, in the sense that um, they, they also have very similar values and the history behind the religion. There's no God. There's just living life in a way that matches your foundations, your beliefs in, in those ways and yeah. how long it goes back. And like you said, with Marcus Aurelius and Xenon, and, and the fact that they're from such a long time ago sort of has a little bit of credibility in the sense that they did it in such a time that life was, you know, hundreds of times harder than what we're going through today. Uh, and the fact that they were yeah, still able yeah. to do it, just crazy.
1: Yeah, but- it's... It 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 is mind-boggling.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say this as well. Yeah. With, with that in mind, you recently read 1984. And uh, I was yes. really interested to get your sort of take on the comparisons between how in 1984 with the new regime of, well, what we look at as communism within Britain in the book, how there's so much actually emotion within this book even though they the idea is that they remove it from society did you you get that at all from reading it
1: yeah for sure I mean that's you know the whole thing with Winston and um, Julia but but at the same time as there being the emotion like I couldn't help but think it was actually more of a lack of emotion and it's like Mm -hmm. they're trying to convey it I think Winston and Julia are almost trying to convey their emotion but in reality like you look at The relationship between them and like there's there's sort of times in the book where they basically say they don't really care about each other and you look at the foundations of their relationship and winston goes from one minute to oh i want to rape and kill her and then the next she hands him a letter saying i love you despite having never spoke to them and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah okay i guess i love you too and it's like it's 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 almost like because of the lack of emotion within their society that they've created it's created like almost a a hypersensitivity to emotion to a point that emotion is just so um it's like they think they can i don't don't know how to express that it's like they think that they can they think it's emotion but it's not it's not really
0: yeah and it's almost easily manipulated from from what what yeah well that's
1: it and And you look at, you know, like the the ending of the book and, uh, spoiler, um, at the ending, obviously, Winston and Julia, they both uh, succumb to the party and basically give up on their beliefs. And it's like the the whole time you're just thinking, oh, they're not going to give up. They're not going to give up. This is the classic uh, protagonist, you know, they're going to hold on to their beliefs. It's going to, they're going to shoot him, but he's going to still believe that, the party's corrupt and they're wrong and double think is wrong and by the time they shoot him he actually is exactly what they want him to be and it's yeah i think they i think they basically they prove that they have accomplished what they wanted to accomplish by removing emotion and yeah yeah although i guess you could say there is still emotion mostly with the um like you think about like the two minute hates, where yes, I was going to bring you know, that up. The images come up, yeah. The, the images come up, and all of a sudden it's oh no no no. Um, but then that that hate is like pure manipulation, and it it's is fabricated. Yeah. You know, the part the party fabricate that hate just to push their own agendas. Yes. So it, it's it's a fake emotion. It's people think that it's their own emotion but in reality it's not
0: yeah I totally agree and I was exactly what you just said you know that the moment I saw it in your eyes where you're like hang on a minute there's there is a piece of emotion yeah
1: yeah exactly that was what I was just thinking I was I was like oh yeah no there is that you know when they're screaming at the screens
0: (laughs) but but you said it earlier you said that there needs to be a line drawn and they've done the opposite of that they've taken where the line was and they were like actually we can reach on the darker side of things and manipulate the use of the dark um emotions like anger and hatred by just having war yeah. all the time uh, and I- i'm glad you noticed yeah. that
1: that's so cool yeah oh it's it it's just it's just interesting because it's the you know like you you read about a uh, goldstein's uh you know document is manifest whatever it was and how how they set out to create this sort of untoppelable
0: um utopian society society. yeah yeah,
1: utopian society and and come the end they've succeeded because you know they like what i took from it was that goldstein is not actually a not actually a person as such but it's something created by the party to almost draw out those, uh, the Winstons and Julias.
0: Yes. And I don't know if you ever saw the movie with Christian Bale and he, it was based, it's called equilibrium. Have you ever seen that at all?
1: No, I haven't seen it.
0: It is a very similar concept. He's based in a world where emotion is illegal and yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they take it out and he's basically somebody who has to hunt down people who have emotions And it's a very similar concept where it's a utopian society, everything's perfect, Goldstein, the face of society, is used as a way to be able to control everyone and basically say, look, this man has this perfect, you know, idea of a world. Uh, And they all believe it. And it's this, you know, dark gray society that doesn't really have anything so we're, we're looking at like both sides of it where stoicism allows you to detach but there's also that extreme where detaching so far takes you in, into that to that yeah 100 yeah.
1: percent. that's it that's yeah very true very true you could almost look at yeah it, it is an extreme of uh stoicism <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, exactly. And then you look at the other side as well, where there's not enough detachment, where emotion has determined so much. And we can go into like World War Two, for instance, and say like that whole was started because, for, for instance, the French made an emotional decision that they felt like they were they need reparations from the Germans because of World War One, rather than looking at it from yeah. a stoic perspective and, and thinking that if we yeah. do this, you're just going to create an, an emotional uproar within a nation and yeah, they're going to feel unjustified because of it. So do, do you yeah. see these in history? Do you have any events that you're thinking like, oh, that, that could have really been affected if we thought this through, through stoicism? Stoic history. Good
1: question. I think it's probably a lot of, a lot of conflicts really, isn't there, that you look back on and you think, you know, if the leaders in charge at the time had really thought about it, I mean, I guess, you know, after 9-11, um, yeah. going in and invading Iraq, that's probably about as emotional a decision as it gets. You know, they obviously had 9-11 and they decided that they had to take some form of action. So, you know, they went straight in and didn't really turn out too well, did it?
0: Oh, exactly. <laughs> Whereas I like that. Yeah.
1: In, yeah in reality if they took a bit more time to um i guess gather more intel maybe they would have realized hang on this is probably not the best uh use of resources or time yeah definitely
0: and i think america at the moment and and back in 2001 um we both of us were too young to really get to grips the the whole yeah importance of that event um and as i've got older i've started to realize like a lot of the decisions that were made were actually made either out of greed because there's a lot of stuff in iraq that's valuable and can be used yeah. but there's also the whole use of emotion like the uproar from the americans where
1: you know yeah, we've well, been
0: wronged time to fight 100% back <laughs> and
1: and you can you know you can blame you can blame government for that but at the same time if if they didn't invade Iraq, you can guarantee that the American population would have been in uproar, that nothing had happened, you know, that they'd been attacked and there was no uh, retaliation.
0: Yeah. And again, to back up your point even further, um, Vietnam, a whole a whole war based off just yeah, not liking yeah. another regime.
1: Mm. Yeah, literally. Yeah. That's it's another, it's another good example.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so these sort of like consistent decision making i mean obviously we can't say like oh if i was in their shoes i would definitely not make that decision because you never know what what you're gonna have but it's still really interesting to look at history look at how stoicism and and um, emotional decision making causes you know like a eight to ten year war or a like in vietnam's case something like 20 years uh, which is, is, is crazy to think in comparison to, you know, World War Two and World War One, both being four to five years. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's crazy collateral on both sides. But, but moving on from that, from I was going to ask, you know, with stoicism being sort of a new way of thinking, how we see it in, in today's society, it's really discoverable via YouTube, discoverable through podcasts, all of these. Do you have any favorites? Do you have any clips that you've seen and really enjoyed?
1: Yeah. So like what I've been listening to is uh, the daily stoic on um, Spotify. Nice. Yeah. So uh, Ryan holiday. So mm. it is sort of the, the everyday we'll do like a minute little podcast and he's got some longer ones as well, which are really quite interesting. So I think he was sort of the person that I started listening to and I guess set me on the journey set you along the path <laughs> yeah and yeah, no, I's he's, he, he's quite interesting and he gets different guests as well which is um yeah it was interesting to hear the different perspectives
0: and do they uh sort of dive into the history or is it something that um they apply it to real life something along those lines at all
1: yeah, sort of both. There's a lot of talk of um, the ancient Stoics, uh, Epictetus, Seneca and Marx Aurelius, uh, like in the books, you know, Meditations and the sorts. But I guess about a lot of it's about how it's sort of applicable in um, the modern era. Uh, yeah.
0: It, yeah, and it it it's is just, funny, isn't know, it, it, that this sort of relates and I know this is a bit of a stretch, but it does remind me a little bit of the idea of the Jedi in the sense that they yeah. also see like negative emotion
1: as like the, the yeah, lead true. to the yeah. dark side. But, yeah, that's very true. There's definitely it, a bit of stoicism about
0: that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I, I really like yeah. the, with stoicism, you can be a warrior. You can be somebody who is, you know, some, it's not a passive religion or a passive yeah. ideology of, of some sorts because it provides you with a way to address scenarios rather than say to yourself you have to do everything within you know the hierarchy of of things and, and not do this and not do that but rather
1: what you can do to help something uh, so it's it's yeah. quite um quite quite a, like a wise quite a wise belief i think just sort of the same as like yeah the whole jedi thing as well it's You know, you look at the decisions made and you look at them um, now in hindsight and it's like, yeah, that was the right decision. And I guess that's kind of what like stoicism is. It's about being able to look at it afterwards and say, yeah, that was the right choice. Whereas quite often when a decision is made based on emotion, you look back at it and you're like, yeah, that's probably not quite how I wanted to do that.
0: Mm. Oh, that's that's made me think as well. Do you, have you ever had have you had a scenario in your life where you wish stoicism had been applied to it, and then something that you've applied to it now?
1: Yeah, right. Um, yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe like school during school. If I had more of a stoic ideology, maybe I'd have. Um, Yeah, just sort of being more productive with my time. Um, Been able to not negatively react. Yeah, I know. I think it's probably just sort of helped me. Probably work as well, you know, like there's definitely times at work where uh, someone will say or do something and it will kind of set you off and you'll just, and you know, you might not even react, but you might over the next, maybe over the next hour or two, you're just in your head thinking, Oh, I can't believe they did that. Oh, rah, rah, rah. Whereas, you know, nowadays you'd probably just look at it and be like, we like, you, you're not going to think about it like that. You're going to think about what you can control. Yes.
0: And, and you can't control. That, that's really important. Mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And being able to say that to yourself, I find that it's easy to say, but so much harder to do because um, when I was younger, I was exactly the same in the sense that I wish I had my anger and my outbursts under control. Obviously, that's hindsight is 2020. 20. Very easy to say now and not so hard. Easy to do back then. Uh, but as yeah, you said, yeah. early, the ability to. I mean, for me personally, in order to get rid of that voice afterwards that you're describing, I write it down. So I'll put it in a diary and I'm, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to
1: get out of yeah, my head and it's good.
0: Chuck, it, chuck it on a page. Because otherwise, it's just there biting away at you. Yeah, it, ling-
1: it lingers. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. See, uh, that's actually probably a, yeah, that's probably a point. Like you know, like there's there's, I, I I've always had this thing at work where it's always really um, bothered me if someone doesn't like me, or if I know that someone's made comments about me. That then it will stick in my head, and I'll be there in my head, and I'll be like, oh, you know oh why don't they like me oh what did I do uh, what 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 can I do to make them like me whereas I definitely there's been like a a change in me to a point now where it's like if someone has said something or I know someone doesn't like me I I kind of am just a bit like well everyone Man. can't everyone can't like me you know it's a, a more farty, you know just love everything Dude, I,
0: I wanted to dive into that because you spoke about Amalfati. And after you spoke to me about this yeah. recently, it made me really think. I mean, we had a discussion recently where, you know, you were really open with me about things, about life, and and talk talk to me about the the first sort of steps of stoicism. And it's actually made me really, it's super helpful. So I wanted to to see for you, love everything, how you see it in work how you see it in life how you see it in in your relationships how have you you know applied it and how do you see it used in the future
1: yeah so this is actually quite an interesting point so like i mean just in everyday life like at occurrences where i find i would usually find frustration and anger mm-hmm. i just repeat to myself I'm more fati and there was, there's an example today. I was, I was driving home and on the way home, I got stuck behind someone going really, really slow. And that always really annoys me when I'm stuck behind someone going really slow and it really annoys me. And that's when I caught myself and I was like, no, no, you need to stop. And I said, I'm all fatty And then I have a little dialogue, an internal dialogue. And I say, well, you know, think about it. Like, why are they going slow? You know, who knows? Maybe they're just, they're old they can't actually tell like is that their fault not really like we're all going to get old um like there's there's multitudes of reasons and you know then you can look at other ways of looking at it and you can say so i'm going to be a bit slower home does that really matter like that means i have more time just driving on the open road which is you know driving is quite enjoyable so it's it's just being able to look at something you'd normally find frustrating and negative and try to find a way to shift it into a positive positive. and like there's this there's just there's so many ways of doing it even the worst things that can happen you can find a way to shift it like I, there was I once i think it might it might have been the daily Stoic i was listening to or someone i was listening to and they was basically conveying that point and they were saying you know any, anything could happen but like you know your, your kid your kid could die or something and then it's like I mean, you know, you're probably going to definitely lose some of your stoic values if that happened. But, you know, then you don't have to pay all this money like it's applicable to anything.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm so glad you brought up commuting because I used to think I used to see people um, run for the train. And I used to used to think to myself, like, hang on a minute, slow down. Like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. life life moves fast and it moves seriously in a way that you think to yourself like everything's going to end if you don't get to work on time or you don't do so many things but the truth is is that it it, you know life moves on without you the sun goes up and sun goes down and we will forget this so it's really important that you brought that point up because life is it's uncontrollable
1: I think that's another thing man it's just being in a rush like I something that I found in myself is that I'm always in a rush to do things and like you realize you just don't need to be and the more you're in a rush to just rush through things rush through the meaning the meaningless little tedious things of your of your day that's what makes up your day like you need to try and enjoy those things and oh hang
0: on Mid-podcast, mid-core, I love it.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you need to enjoy those things. Um,
0: Lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) You're just in the middle of talking about enjoying the little things in life. And I totally agree with you because those little things, they make up your day, like you said, and they also, um, they add up. It becomes a pile. You start disliking your mornings that's going to become a real, you know, real heinous crime to yourself more than anything else.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, and yeah, like I said, the more, the more that you're in that little race to just rush through your day, get to the good parts, and then you start to realise actually these good parts are not, you know, the whole day should be the good part. And it's like yeah. you're rushing through it. And it's like you're rushing through your life. It's kind of, I guess, a realisation that I that i've
0: had i wow yeah that hit me hard because i used to think that like that all the time i used to think oh if i can just get if i can just finish uni or if i can just get past A levels or if i can you know just get to this point this this holiday it's always there's always just there's always something yeah just get
1: this bit done and then
0: yeah (laughs) never enough never enough and the truth is is that even when you get to that just point there's always something else. Um, and, and so, you know, it's really important, the point you made. And I was really intrigued to know, like, at what point do you think we can remove the at just point? Do you think the, the your job, like, that takes eight hours of your day reflects that?
1: A few moments later. Okay, there we go. Yeah, sorry, I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and we're
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> we've had
0: technical (laughs) difficulties on the other side i love it but back to the point i was gonna make is you you make a a fantastic point in the sense that you know some people hate their jobs like they get to the point where eight hours of your day becomes like a nightmare and that you say oh if i can just get to the end of the day but do you have any advice for people like that do you have any advice there
1: yeah so like I, I enjoy my job. I and I always look to improve, and I think that's like I think that's crucial. I think you need to be trying to improve. And a lot of the time, you know, you can get bogged down thinking, Well, I don't really want to be doing this, but it's like, Well, are you going to be here next week? Are you going to be here in a month? You're going to be here in a year? It's like, Well, if you're answering yes or I don't know, well, then surely you should be trying to make it the best. Scenario that you you can make it. And if you want to go and be successful and do successful things, well, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to practice and to learn skills that are going to help you for when you do find something that you do want to do. Like, I don't want to be doing my job for the rest of my life, but by trying to continually improve and do better, it's setting me up for when I do find a career that I do want to pursue.
0: Yeah. I I totally agree, and I'd like to also point out in having that ability to uh, want to improve and still want to do your job well, you're gonna like enjoy the moment so much more. And I think that when you eventually do do that later on career, you might realize like, oh wow, I've still really enjoyed my time beforehand, and that you get to the later career and be like, ah, this is you know similar similar situation, just different problems, you know.
1: Yeah, and, like, like, that's the other thing as well. It's, like, if you're just going for every day thinking, uh, like, going going into it with a, a pessimistic, nihilistic view, well, you're not going to enjoy your day. Like, if you go, like, like I'm speaking from experience, like, the position I worked at before the one I'm at now, I used to go in every day thinking today's going to suck. And sure enough, it would suck. And I had no, like, I didn't, I didn't, see any way of that changing and it wasn't until I actually shifted my mindset and said well like no I need to do the best I can and I don't know like it it was more like a lot more of a positive outlook on it and that's when things started to change and things started going better because if you go in thinking oh there's no chance I can get this all done you're not going to get it done because you're not going to look for ways to get it done because you're just already defeated and if you're already defeated well lost you know yeah and so, i'm gonna bring up a fantastic lost, quote you, for know, you, there. you can... yeah what's that
0: it's the battle is won before it's even begun
1: yeah yeah very true it's very true it, it's important yeah.
0: to remember that because like you have to prepare yourself mentally uh, for, for anything like when I, when we talk about workouts i was talking I, I took through george through one of my workouts yesterday he nearly died. He got to 45 minutes and gave it. It was hilarious. Um, oh, been. <laughs> sorry, George. You're listening to this. You did the best you could, bud. But what I said to him was break it down into small chunks. Like you do, yeah, that's you it. can't do, you know, eight reps or 10 reps, do five reps, then switch over to the yeah. other arm. Do another five reps and yeah. just break it down.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the gym's such a good such a good analogy as well because it's you know the incremental progress it's Mm. you know you're not gonna you're not gonna go in and lift 300 kilo that's just not gonna happen but maybe you can go in and lift three kilo and then maybe the next week you can lift four and it just keeps going up and it works the same I think in just so many aspects it's like you constantly try and improve like week by week you know try and improve yourself and And that's probably really quite stoic as well. You know, it's that constant need for improvement and growth. Knowledge as well.
0: Yes. Speaking of knowledge, I mean, I I constantly talk about reading as well. You've just read 1984 and like, how how many days is that? (laughs) Five? Which is probably,
1: that is the quickest I've read a book since primary school. So yeah it was just I don't know it was just captivating and it was like I just couldn't put it down I was reading it and and oh just just the way it resonated and it's just I just found it was so well written like I knew it was fairly old and because it was fairly old I was thinking oh you know it's probably going to be fairly like archaic and difficult to read but it just wasn't it was almost as if someone could have written it yesterday It's so true,
0: mate. Uh, I think that when you get a book that you can't put down, you're increasing your knowledge, like you've said, but you're also just enjoying it.
1: Yeah, and you know, like, what what I kind of really enjoyed about it was every time I came across a term that I didn't understand or didn't fully understand, I'd Google it. And that really helped me to sort of nail down some of these terms. You know, going into it, like, there were terms that I kind of knew, but only in certain contexts could I really truly understand. So like, I remember like totalitarian, it's like, I kind mm. of knew what it was, but then when I Googled it, all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, that kind of makes more sense. And uh, there was just so many words throughout the book that just, I was like, mm. and I'd Google and then I'd be like, oh, okay. And bourgeoisie. that's kind of <laughs> pro- yeah, pro- proletariat. Yeah, proletariat. There's another one that you know, I was like, what the heck is a proletariat? Is that a type <laughs> of fish or something? And yeah, <laughs> fair enough, no. <laughs> um, so
0: good. But it's so true because when we're at school, I remember feeling like I'd look, be looked down upon if I didn't truly understand something like this. So it's it's so good yeah, that's like, it. Yeah. You look yeah, past that it's like path. you
1: Yeah, it's like it's about not being too proud to admit your own flaws and inadequacies and to be able to say you know what i don't actually understand that word and i think if this was alex five years ago i'd probably have read it and just read straight through and not quite fully grasped the word and therefore Mm. not quite fully grasped the point and the message is trying to put across
0: yes yeah truly important you've you've taken like the The thing that I look upon as the most important thing in improving yourself is like, you're not comparing yourself to other people. You're just like, I'm better than who yeah. I was yesterday.
1: So 100%. Ah, yeah. That's the best way to live your life.
0: Yeah. 100%. And with stoicism, it's going to level you up as well with with having all these little things. Like for me personally, COVID, like a lot of people saw it as a negative, but I feel like I've learned so much about myself, about how yeah. I can improve how I learn, all of these little things. Where who 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 are my you know who are my proper mates out of it as well. You've really yeah. understood what what's going on in life. Um, so you can see a negative situation, and you can see it as a negative situation. You can see it as an opportunity to move forward and to keep growing. So yeah, it's just exactly that. Yeah, hundred percent. So based off that, based off everything we've talked about today so far, what would you say the the main message for Stoicism is, you know, based off the history you've learned, based off the little things that you're implementing in life, what would you say if someone didn't know about Stoicism and you said, I want to get them into this, what would you say to them?
1: Stoicism is a way to transform your brain into the brain that you want and need to have um but you're gonna have to have mental um what's the word uh toughness i can't think of the word no not mental toughness um it's like you're gonna have to be really like present when making those decisions you're gonna have to you know, it's not something you're going to read and then it's just going to click. It's going to be something you're going to read and then have to apply it when you see a chance to apply it. And I guess that's where, like how I was saying about how my little little bits throughout my day where it's like something that would normally frustrate me or anger me. If something frustrates you or anger you, repeat to yourself, amorphati, and then just think about that. And, you know, it just, just every time, every time. And you'll probably find yourself getting less angry and less frustrated. That's
0: perfect, mate. Really is. And I, I like to add to that. You'll, you'll feel more and I call it Zen Zenny uh, in the sense oh, that yeah. you're just, you're just at peace and in peaceful, peaceful there's in the moment.
1: hundred percent. Like there's, there's a power to it. You know, when, when you manage to suppress your, uh, Emotion of anger or frustration, and you manage to say, No, no, I don't need that. And you shift it to the side. You feel, yeah, you feel powerful because you're like, I am in control.
0: Ah, I love that. You are in control. You. Right there in the camera now or listening, you are in control of your life. Ooh, meta. I love it. Uh, that is the best way to end the podcast on a, on a positive note, on a, on a way for you to control your life. Um, thank you, Young. Yeah, exactly. Strength. <laughs> and strength and, and, and laugh and enjoy life and be at peace. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been chris's Taylor's i'm This host chris taylor thank you alex your